How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 83 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today I'm going to talk a little bit about second base. It's been a hot topic in uh, both spring training and summer camp, so uh, we're going to address that, you know, elephant in the room. Uh, we're going to get on Stomper on this one, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, what what is happening now in the in the summer camp form of spring training. And, uh, you know, who's looking like they're going to take the job. And then uh, in the second half, I'm going to talk a little bit about tandem starters. Uh, somebody asked me a question for the over-under on Twitter, and it got me thinking. And I was like, hey, I think that this would be a great tandem starter idea. So uh, I'm going to give you guys my idea for that. Maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But I like the idea. Um, yeah. So before I get into it, uh, please follow us on social media at LockedOnAs on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow me at on Twitter at ByJasonB. And if you have any questions for us, please email them to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Also, please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review if you can. Now that all that's out of the way, let's get into second base. Uh, you guys know the players that are you know, vying for second base at this point. You got Chad Pender, who's looking really good. You got uh, Frank Lombardo, who's looking really good. You got Vimy Almachin, who's looking really good. And then you got Tony Kemp, who is uh, surprising people and can apparently play second base as well as the outfield. And uh, he's doing really good as well. So uh, second base, it's kind of a crapshoot at this point. Um, there was an article on The Athletic that uh, Alex Coffey did. Again, I like plugging her work because she's fantastic. So uh, check out her on The Athletic if you can. Um, she was talking to Bob Melvin, and he was saying a bunch of things. Uh, most notably, we're likely looking at a platoon to start the season at second base, at least. So that was obviously the main takeaway from the article. But uh, also in there, uh, she quoted Bob Melvin and say, as saying that he can't remember the last time Chad Pedner made an out. So uh, he's, again, doing really well. Uh, you got Barreto and Machine are putting together great at-bats. And in talking to Franklin Barreto's translator, uh, he was saying that barreto has been trying to uh, relax a little bit with a time off during quarantine and all that stuff. And he said that he feels that... Uh, Barreto puts pressure on himself when he does get playing time, but getting consistent at bats this season should help him uh, be more at ease. If we're getting, you know, the the Franklin Barreto that we've been waiting for for what four or five years now, uh, that's exciting. And maybe it all all it's gonna take is you know just him maturing a little bit and you know being ready to meet the situation and get those at bats. This is the opportunity that he's been waiting for, and it, it looks like his head is in in the right space to really claim that, uh, that position for himself. Um, I, I'm not going to be mad if he takes it, you know, outright. Uh, I have said many times, I like Vimy on I think that he's a great bat to have. Uh, maybe he's a bat off the bench, but in the American league, you don't necessarily need bat benches as often, uh, unless they're going to be playing, you know, a couple times a week at, you know, whatever position, but you know, uh, Chad Pender has got that a little bit covered. And also, uh, you got Chad Pender from the right side and then you got Tony Kemp on the left side. They both kind of do the same thing so they can kind of platoon with each other. Um, Bob Melvin also said that they might just be playing the hot hand. So whoever gets off to a hot start and, you know, keeps that hot start going, that's going to have an impact for the entirety of the season. I think that I saw each game is basically like 2.7 games. So each win is worth like almost three in a regular season. Uh, so you're going to want to just keep playing the hot hand until they're not hot anymore. And as soon as they go over four or something like that, then you're just ready for the next man up. And that's probably going to be what it's going to be like at second base this year. 
Uh, if Barreto can stay hot all season and he's playing great defense, that's awesome. Uh, he gets the job. If he's not, then they have three other guys who can take that job. So, uh, you know, he's probably going to get the first crack at it um, and go from there. But, you know, he, he's looked good according to reports. So that's a plus. Uh, I, I'm hoping for the best from him, especially after I read uh, that he is trying to play the field with a mask on. Uh, not because, you know, a political statement or anything like that. He's trying to protect his teammates and the opposition, you know, just health wise. And I thought that that was a really, really cool thing. And that just showed some of the maturity that, you know, I think that he is exhibiting now uh, that we have not necessarily seen from him at the major league level. So, uh, you know, that maybe maybe he's turned a corner and he's going to be the guy now. Uh, I just that one little thing. I'm like, hey. I'm, I'm on his team right now. I'm full-heartedly rooting for Franklin Barreto, uh, not because of the Donaldson trade or anything like that. I think that we're, you know, underwater on that one, and we're not going to get it back. But uh, I think that Franklin Barreto, he, he deserves a shot. He's like, what, 24 now? He's still plenty young. And we've been spending all this time talking about, uh, you know, AJ Puck and Jesus Lazardo and how they're going to carry the A's, and, you know, they could be a surprise and all that stuff. Uh I think if you're really looking for, you know, a, a dark horse contender or, you know, a dark horse breakout candidate, Frank Lombretto is the guy you want to look at. The bar is currently so low for Barreto right now. Uh, the bat on Fangraphs, one of their projection systems, they have him hitting a 231 with a 291 on base percentage. And sure, he hasn't shown much at the major league level to prove that he would get a better projection than that. But if he shows up with like a 260 average, and, you know, a 320 on base or a 310 on base or something like that, that's a huge improvement. And I know that uh, his strikeout numbers, what did he strike out? 39.7% uh, of the time in uh, the major leagues last year. That was 58 plate appearances, so very small sample size. And he walked 1.7% of the time. So not great there. But if you can get him a little bit closer to his 10% uh, walk rate in AAA last year and his 26.7% 20, uh, strikeout rate, you're looking at a guy that's primed to break out. Even if he goes to like 30% strikeout rate with like a 7% walk rate, that's that's the guy that could you know really solidify this lineup. I talked about Piscotti and Chris Davis just yesterday. And if they're both coming back to form and Frank Lombaretto has a little bit of a breakout, like a mini breakout season, uh, really you're, you're left with catcher as the position where you're like, oh, well, I don't know what I'm necessarily going to get out of that. Uh, but you got three guys that can, you know, hit the ball pretty well. And uh, with Austin Allen probably being the best hitter, but, you know, Sean Murphy's probably going to get the most playing time. Maybe Jonah Hyams in there as well. I, I'm not sure where they're thinking with uh, those three guys. This lineup is no joke at this point, especially if Barreto uh, is on track to become the player that we've been hoping that he would be. Throw him in with the rest of this lineup, and it, it's just ridiculous. I My brain cannot fathom it at this point. Um, so, yeah, basically I think that Barreto has the inside track to get the most playing time for second base with uh, Chad Pender probably in there, Vimy Almachine maybe getting a start once a week or something like that, depending on injuries and all that stuff. Uh, Tony Kremp's going to probably fit in where he can. You know, it, it, that's where it is at this point. There's another week until the season starts. So that's where we're at at second base right now. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, on the other half of this uh, ad read, we will be back with tandem starters. So I was on the Locked On A's account the other, uh, today, actually. And I was asking people for their over-unders on the A's this season. And somebody replied with, uh, what's the over-under on innings pitched for AJ Puck this year? And that got me thinking there are a lot of things that could go into calculating that number and what it could be. So... I'm not going to get into that right now, but 
I will have an over under episode this week, hopefully. So uh, that will be coming shortly. I just want to, you know, go through my thought process on what that number could be and the factors that go into it and, you know, arrive at a conclusion. I'm going to get to that a little bit later in the week. But that got me thinking, what if they, they did a tandem starter deal with AJ Puck? Because he is, you know, recently removed from Tommy John. He's still recovering. He hasn't pitched that many innings in his major league career or minor league career. So uh, you, you kind of want to ease him into it as much as you can. He was going to be on a innings limit to start the season. Now that's out the window because obviously there's only 60 games, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but you there, there are factors that go into wanting to uh, ease him into being a big league starter. And pairing him up with another starter could be the best way to make that happen and improve the team overall. Uh, so if you're not familiar with tandem starters, uh, basically a tandem starter is somebody, a, a starting pitcher who will go three to four innings and then they have somebody else come in right after them and they'll go another three to four innings, something like that, where they go like one time through the order, maybe one and a half, maybe two. Uh, it, basically, it limits their exposure to the opposition because uh, in analytics, once you get to that third time through the order, they have diminishing returns on how productive they can be. So you want to get them out of there before they go through the order a third time. But if you get them uh, once or twice, then they can really exert themselves for you know a shorter period of time. And uh, that usually leads to being more effective as a starting pitcher or a pitcher if you're the second guy coming in. It's a little bit different than the bullpen starter because the bullpen guy usually only goes like one or two innings. This way you get a little bit more length out of uh, out of the tandem starters and all that stuff, and uh, you save the bullpen. So that's the idea behind tandem starting. So let's get into where I think that AJ Puck would land and like who would be his ideal partner. This is, oh boy, this is a fun idea. So in my understanding of tandem starters, uh, you basically want to have two guys that are a little bit different. They give uh, the opposition a different look, so they don't have time to just, you know, with uh, bullpens these days, you get a lot of guys that just throw heat and, you know, that's like their calling card. But when you have too many guys that just do the same thing, it's easier to, you know, start sizing them up and t getting your timing down. So that's why you see bullpen struggle sometimes. I mean, that's not the only reason, but that is uh, one of the reasons. So if you take A.J. Puck and Daniel Mengden, I think that that is a perfect ta tandem starter duo right there. Um, if A.J. Puck had not cut his luscious red locks, and then he, he, if he had that long hair, and then you have Mengden's mustache, that's enough to put them together right there. But he did get a haircut. So uh, also, did you guys see on Twitter, Susan Slusser said that uh, A.J. Puck... Uh, was not recognized by his teammates, and they're like, "Hey, who is this guy?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm the guy. That, I'm the player to be named later in the uh, Jorge Mateo deal." I thought that was hilarious. Um, anyways, so AJ Puck is uh, he, he's six foot seven from the left side, and he throws heat. He throws the gas. Uh, I think he averages 97 miles an hour on his fastball. Yes. So you get that for three to four innings, and then you get the Rockabye uh, righty and Mengden, who just you know takes his time during his delivery and he tops out at like 92, 93 that, I mean, it's not a huge difference in miles per hour, but you know, his average is around 91. So as opposed to Puck's average of 97, you get, it's going to mess with people's, you know, swing timing. And that's exciting to me. So most of this is just actually like a thought experiment on my part. Uh, let me know if you guys agree with me or not, because this is, you know, not necessarily proven, but it's 
uh, it, it makes a lot of logical sense, I believe. So, uh, yeah, let me know what you guys think. Uh, tweet us at Locked on A's on this one. But uh, the projections have A.J. Puck around a 3.9 to a 4 ERA or so this season. And uh, Mengden is projected to have about a half run higher ERA. So he's like in the 4.5, 4.6 range. Um, so pairing them together is probably not going to impact A.J. Puck too much. I mean, the ideal tandem starter situation is uh, you give, you know, a lefty look to start the game and then you have them face your one, two, three. And this is the the bullpen approach. Um, And then you you might take out somebody's best hitter for the first inning of the game. And then you get them one less at bat. I don't think that you're going to be seeing that from like a a Cody Bellinger or, you know, other vaunted left-handed hitters on other teams. So they won't be getting that from the tandem starter idea because they're going to be there for a little bit longer and all that stuff. But, you know, anyways, uh, so pairing them is probably not going to have a huge impact on AJ Puck's overall numbers, but I do believe that it would have an impact on Daniel Mangdon's numbers. Maybe his ERA lowers by a half a run from the projections, and maybe you get, uh, you know, two guys that are around a four ERA if you're just going on projections like that. And uh, that could be a big impact. While it may not seem like a big impact because you're just, why not just have AJ Puck pitch five or six innings and then let the bullpen take over and then, you know, you get maybe better results on that. But the plus side of having the tandem starter idea is you're saving your bullpen if you have them pitch, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine innings, depending on how well, how effective they are. Um, You're saving your bullpen and then you might be able to hold down more leads in, you know, other games that, you know, you are actually leading or something like that. Or you're able to use a guy like use Mario Petit to keep a game close when you're down by a run or two, and then you can have a late comeback. Uh, Using the tandem starter idea is a way to uh, just rest up the bullpen. And with 60 games, the temptation is going to be to run them out as often as you would. But the season is so short that you kind of... You got to play it a little bit safer sometimes, and this may be a way to uh, make sure that the bullpen stays healthy, stays safe, and stays fresh. Because that freshness is going to come in handy uh, if they if the A's happen to make the playoffs. Uh, not happen if they make the playoffs, like we're all hoping and expecting. Um, then that could be big dividends just by you know using the tandem starter for you know a couple of months. Um, and, and I mean, at this point, Daniel Mangdon is out of options. This may be the best way to use him because he's going to be your long guy, and but you also have use Mario Petit who can throw a few innings here and there if you, if you need him to. So they kind of got two long guys. You don't necessarily have a defined role for Daniel Mangdon other than potential tandem starter. And if you're going to pair him with somebody, I would say that uh you know AJ Puck's the guy because of that speed, you know the the velocity differential on their fastballs. You could also do it with uh, you know Shamanaya or something like that, but it wouldn't be quite the same. You might be able to do it with Montas, but they're both righties. Um, Maybe just a different look from the righty side would be cool. But the fact that Puck throws hard and he's, you know, 6'7", just the the release points of his balls is going to throw hitters off, especially when, you know, in the first couple of weeks when pitchers are still in front of hitters uh, development-wise and, you know, just getting ready for the season-wise. Pairing A.J. Puck and Daniel Mangan could be lethal to the opposition. Uh, yes, I like to, you know, have ideas and then get very excited about them and, you know, read things about Franklin Barreto and get very excited. I'm excitable. Uh, I don't know if you've picked it up about me, but uh, 
I like to do fantasy booking and then get very excited about it. So uh, that that's basically my fandom in a nutshell is I'm excitable. Let me know uh, an idea that you have. And then I'm like, ooh, that's the best idea ever. And then uh, let's make that happen. So uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Uh, I have an interview coming up with Bryce Patrick. Uh, Patrick, I'll ask him. Bryce from Locked On Rangers. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Rangers and, you know, where Joey Gallo is and all that stuff. And uh, just, you know, the season coming up and whether or not the Rangers are going to be a threat to the A's and the uh, the Astros, what he's heard about the Trastrodome, all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Uh, hope I, We're hoping to record tomorrow afternoon, so hopefully that'll be out to you guys tomorrow early afternoon or evening. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and by tomorrow, I mean Wednesday, not uh, Thursday. Sorry, it's... It's late on Tuesday night. So anyways, uh, that's it for me today, you guys. Uh, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B. Please email us any questions that you may have to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. If you have an over-under that you would like me to do on the air, you know, I'll, I'll do math. It's fine. Uh, please tweet those at us at Locked on A's. And uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a good review on Apple if you can. So in the meantime, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys soon.